Welcome to the Strong, Fit and Free podcast. I'm your host, Alessia Donato, certified strength and nutrition coach, personal trainer and opinionated Italian free spirit. After a lifelong battle with IBS, I successfully regained my health and built a strong and fit body from the inside out through relentless studying and research in holistic nutrition, as well as testing and applying health and fitness principles on myself. In 2016, I left a successful 10-year corporate career in the beauty industry that left me burnt out, sick and unfulfilled and took the leap into the unknown. I traveled for a year on a backpacking trip that changed the course of my life and pushed me to eventually follow my passion to becoming a health and fitness coach and set up my online coaching practice, Alessia D Coaching. I help fit conscious women get to the core of their health struggles, set attainable goals, develop a personalized plan and hold them accountable for transforming their lives. The destination is the same, but each person's journey is different. On the Strong, Fit and Free podcast, we get open and honest about what it takes to build a strong and fit body from the inside out, talking all things health and fitness, mindset, no-nonsense nutrition, how to live life on your own terms, and a sprinkle of girl talk here and there. Join us on the journey to becoming strong, fit, and free. Hey everybody, welcome back to another episode of the Strong, Fit, and Free podcast. I'm Alessia, your host, and I'm excited about this week's episode because we're talking all about nutrition, which is basically my area of genius and the only five nutrition principles that you need for the rest of your life in order to be healthy, lose weight, maintain your weight, have a better and healthier relationship with food, and basically just be awesome. So that's what we're going to talk about today. Now, I don't know about you, but nutrition has always been friggin' confusing. Ever since I was young, I have a long history with dieting and being on random plans, protocols, trying all sorts of weird things to try and lose weight. I mean, I remember way back when I was in high school, I can I could go hours without eating and I would have like one green apple because green apples were known to burn fat. <laughs> and um, some weeks I would try the Kellogg Special K diet or some other crazy weird thing that was happening at the time or that was like popular, you know, the latest, most popular diet. And um, it only left me with a horrible relationship with food. And of course, I barely really got any results. And so when I finally decided to study nutrition for myself, mainly to heal my IBS, I was blown away by what I learned, but even then I still felt that there was a lot of confusing information and confusion everywhere because there was so much conflicting information and nutrition is often confusing and it's uncertain and it's one of those very hot topics that, you know, all you need to do is just go to a magazine shop or a bookstore and just open up any random magazine 
um, or diet book and it would probably confuse the hell out of you because they will tell you one thing and then you listen to your friends, they tell you something else, then you go on a blog or video or Instagram, like everywhere you go, everywhere you turn, we are now becoming so obsessed with health and fitness and yes, it's a good thing, but it, it does come with its negative impact. So today I'm going to actually share with you the five universal principles that I believe that really kind of are the most important principles if you want a healthier relationship with food, if you want to feel like you can eat without feeling stressed out all the time or afraid of every bite of food that you put into your mouth, if you have weight loss goals, if you want to build muscle and get stronger, if you want to correct nutrition deficiencies or nutrient deficiencies, why am I? I can't seem to say the word deficiencies today, <laughs> but you get the gist. Um, basically, the five universal principles that I'm going to share with you today on today's podcast is all you really need to follow in order to get nutrition right. Okay, so today we're going no-nonsense nutrition tips and tricks. And the first thing I'm going to ask you is, have you ever asked yourself how to eat? What should I eat? Is wine bad for me? Is fat bad for me? Should I do intermittent fasting or should I eat organic? Um... Should I try to go vegan or how about maybe I should try doing carnivore or maybe you've asked yourself, what foods are going to help my menstrual cramps or what foods are going to give me a flat belly and get rid of my belly fat or how about maybe even what foods are going to help balance my hormones or what kind of diet should I be on if I have PCOS? Or maybe what kind of foods should I be eating if I have acne? I'm sure you've asked yourself these questions before because I know I have and I know tons of my clients who have and tons of my friends who have. But here's the thing. All these questions, while they're very good questions to ask, they are not necessarily going to be answered in the same way because the answer is going to be, it depends. And so when someone comes to me and asks me one of these questions, I will always answer back with, it depends. Because there is no real one size fits all when it comes to nutrition. No one diet is going to work for every single person out there. However, there are principles that you need to understand that are universal, so to speak. They are principles founded in science and based in scientific research and being tested and they work. Those are the principles of good nutrition. But there's also... Um, so we're looking at principles here, but there's also strategies or tools rather, right? And unfortunately, population is obsessed with strategies and tools and completely disregard principles. 
So today we're going to talk about the principles, not the strategies and tools. Because really, as long as you have the principles in place and you know that these principles work, you will automatically know what to do based on these principles. So then you can understand, okay, these are the principles of weight loss or these are the principles of good nutrition. Now I can put these principles into practice with the tools that work for me, right? So you need to figure out which tools work for you, which strategies work for you based on trial and error or with the help of a coach, obviously. But the principles will always remain the same. And so let's dive in with the first principle, which is weight loss and weight gain come down to only one very important principle or key point, and that is calories in versus calories out. Now, before you roll your eyes at me, just listen to me, okay? This principle is based in science, okay? Calories in or calories out, Kiko for short, is simply the um, foundation of energy balance, okay? So energy in minus energy out equals a change in your body stores or how your body stores fat. So in other words, when you take in more energy or calories than you burn, you will gain weight. But when you take in less calories than you burn or less energy, so when we're looking at energy, we're talking calories, okay? Then you will lose weight. When you take the same energy as you burn, you maintain or you stay at the same weight. And that is the principle of energy balance. This is the law of thermodynamics. And this doesn't change whether you are on a vegan diet or carnivore diet or low-carb diet, whether you like to do intermittent fasting, whether you like to eat low-carb, high-carb, low-fat, high-fat, vegetarian, whatever. It doesn't matter because those are tools. Those are strategies. But the principle remains the same. So when you hear someone say that calories in versus calories out doesn't work, it's not true. It does. It does work. But it depends on which tools you've used to put this into practice. Because for me, for example, I tried lots of different diets and they never worked. In essence, long term, they weren't sustainable But that doesn't mean that the diet didn't work. It just didn't work for me, okay? But the principle of energy balance was still at play here, okay? So you might be wondering, how do we know that this is absolutely certain, right? How do we know? Well, it's tested. It's been tested, okay? So with energy balance, there's just no way around it. If you want to lose weight, you need to be in a calorie deficit. You need to be taking in less energy, And if you want to build muscle, we know that the principles of hypertrophy are that we need to be in a calorie surplus, okay? Yes, you can still build muscle in a calorie deficit, but it's a little bit more difficult. You won't put that much muscle on. It is much better to put yourself into a surplus when you're looking to build muscle. So the energy balance equation comes from the first law of thermodynamics. Energy can neither be created or destroyed, only transferred from one state to another. 
So humans can't create energy from nothing. We convert it from food. And any excess energy that we take in doesn't just magically vanish. Your body either increases it, energy out, by burning or turning up the metabolism to burn that energy or stores the excess as fat. That's just how it works. So why do some people, or I'm sure maybe you've also seen this or maybe even said this yourself or believed it, is that not all calories are created equally? Well, they are partially correct. Yes, not all calories are created equal. Some calories are more beneficial than others. They come with more benefits than others. But in a word, mostly because people are confused. That is why people say this, that not all calories are created equally. Most people don't even realize what does that even mean. They don't even know what does it mean that not all calories are created equal. Okay, and I'm going to explain to you the difference, okay, between energy balance and I've taken this from Preci- uh, Precision Nutrition, so I'm, I'm going to explain it to you in a little, little bit detail so you can understand the factors that influence energy in or how you basically consume and factors that influence energy out. Okay, so the first one, the factors that influence your energy coming in is your appetite, right? So appetite will influence how much food you're eating. And that is influenced by your hormones and hormones that regulate appetite and satiety. So we're looking at hormones such as ghrelin, such as leptin. This is a huge one. If your appetite is just not regulating properly, your energy in will be affected. Um, food consumed, so the food that you're consuming, it could be influenced by where it's available, your palatability, is it, does it taste good, energy density, how many calories does it have, um, sleep quality, education, status and culture, all of these things influence the kind of food that you eat, right? I mean, culture is a huge one. It affects the kind of foods that we eat based on how we've grown up. And then we have to look at the calories that have been absorbed. Okay, so what influences energy con- that it's, it's energy in is the calories absorbed. So not all calories from food are going to be absorbed. Okay, so not all the protein that you eat will be absorbed. Not every single calorie is absorbed. And also the way the food is prepared. And whether you have any issues with your gut health will affect how your body absorbs food and therefore absorbs calories. And of course, your overall general health status, like some, you know, people that struggle with um, food absorption or calories absorption usually have malabsorption problems. They have gut health issues. They might have nutrient deficiencies. They might have hormonal problems. They might have autoimmune diseases. So these will affect just how many calories you're actually absorbing. And then we have to look at the psychological factors that affect energy in, such as influenced by stress levels, your mindset. I mean, who here doesn't stress eat? Probably not many. 
all of us do. All of us struggle with these things. Um, food will be, our, our food intake is affected by all of these things. Whether your um, self-esteem is high, sleep quality, these are all affecting your energy in. Now let's look at what affects energy out or factors that influence this, this energy output. The energy that you are burning at rest is influenced by your body size. So the more um, overweight you are, the, the higher you will be burning at rest. Okay, the more you burn at rest. Um, hormonal status, dieting history, genetic factors, health status, sleep quality, age, all of those things will also affect your energy burn at rest. Then you're looking at your energy burned through exercise. So um, actually, let me go back to that first point, energy burned at rest. Let's talk a little bit about what that is, actually, because I do want to, uh, you know, kind of share with you what what is energy burned at rest. We all know that our body actually burns calories just by being just by being right. This is called your basal metabolic rate, your BMR. And this is what um, how many calories you're burning at rest. OK, and this is really important to realize because a lot of us think that our body is only burning energy when we are exercising. But no, we need calories to be alive. Our body, our brain, our organs, everything is working and therefore needs energy. So really needed to tell you that there. Now let's look at energy burn through exercise. So of course, when we're exercising, we burn energy. We burn calories through exercise. So that is influenced by exercise ability, how fit we are, intensity of that exercise, duration, the frequency, the type, the environment that we're training in, and hormonal status, and of course, sleep quality. So it's not just that one hour workout is going to say, oh, you know, um, it's going to affect everybody the same way. And you're all going to be like, okay, you're going to, a, let's say you're going to a group exercise class with your friend. You're not going to be burning the same exact calories as your friend. So energy burned through exercise is going to be affected in different ways as well. And then we're looking at energy burned by non-exercise related activity or otherwise known as NEAT. I'm sure you've heard this word a lot. And this is basically exercise that's not really exercise. It's non-intentional activity. So things like moving and walking around, walking to your car, walking upstairs, um, fidgeting and um, things like that. That is going to be affected also by your health, how your health is and your energy, how you know energetic you are and how much energy you have daily, your stress levels, your hormonal status, your occupation, whether you're sedentary or not, leisurely activities, are you active outside of exercise? So that is also a factor that we need to take into consideration. And then we also have something called TEF or the energy that is burned by metabolizing food. So when we're eating, our body is actually using energy to break down this food, to metabolize it, right? To break it down and absorb. So this is really important as well. We have to look at that. And that is influenced by macronutrient makeup and how processed food or how, pro how much processed that food is. So when we look back, when we just kind of rewind now to all calories are created equal, 
Yes, but to a certain extent, because all of those factors that we've just talked about that affect energy balance in and energy balance out come at play, right? So we need to understand that if you want to gain or lose weight or gain or lose body mass, you'll want to consider your overall energy balance and how to shift it into your favor and and shift it towards what you want your body to do. So I'm just going to give you some tips on how you can reduce your calories in and how you can actually increase your calories out. So the first thing that you can do to reduce your calories in is to consume more volume. So the higher volume of lower calorie foods, the better. And this can look like consuming more fiber-rich vegetables to reduce the number of calories because higher volume foods such as, you know, lettuce or broccoli, um, cauliflower, or any other vegetable will really keep you full because it's got that fiber, but it will also be pretty low in calories. So, you know, if you're dieting and you're looking to reduce your weight and you really, you know, struggle with hunger, you want to increase these foods because they're going to keep you full, but also be lower in calories because they are higher volume. And one way to increase your calories out is to add a little bit of cardio work every week. Now, I'm not a huge fan of tons and tons of cardio. And if you've listened to any of my podcasts, and if you've listened to any of me chatting away and blabbering away on Instagram about how much I hate cardio, look, I get it. Cardio is not fun, but it's important. doesn't mean that I think all cardio is bad and you shouldn't at all do it, but it does help if you have a higher body fat percentage and you need to lose a lot of weight. Adding that extra cardio a week, maybe two to three times a week, um, it really does make a difference to your calorie burn. The second tip of how you can reduce your calories in is that you can consume more protein to reduce your appetite and therefore overall energy intake. So people who don't eat enough protein generally have problems with weight. Why? Because protein helps to reduce appetites, very satiating. It's a very, very important macronutrient and If you eat protein on a regular basis throughout the day and you keep your protein intake higher than your, let's say, carbs and fat intake, you will feel so much more full throughout the day and therefore you will naturally just consume less calories. Whereas if you're you're constantly eating carbs, you're always going to feel hungry. Every couple of hours, you're going to feel hungry. And I can definitely, definitely attest to this. When I was a vegan, my protein intake was very low. It was just really hard to meet my protein intake. And so I relied on carbohydrates. My diet was very high carb. And I was always hungry. I was always thinking about food because I was never satiated. I was never full. So adding protein to your meals, very, very key to keep that overall energy intake low. And another thing that you can do to increase your calorie burn out is to increase your daily activity by taking the stairs, parking further away from your destination, using an activity tracker to help you get in more steps, aka increase your need.
Okay, increase your non-exercise related activity because this is going to increase your calorie burn out, your calories out. All right, so I hope that helps. Remember, the principle is so important. The principle stays the same, calories in versus calories out. This is like the top of the top and that's why I kept it at the beginning because it's so in, it's just so crucial to um, get the results that you want, whether that's fat loss or whether that's gaining muscle mass or whether it's maintaining your weight. You need to abide by the rules and this is the rule, okay? This is the principle. So principle number two of good nutrition is that protein is the king of the macronutrients. That's right. Why am I always harping on about protein? Protein, protein, protein. And you know what? We as women, I'm going to talk from a woman's perspective. It's We are so afraid of protein for some reason. We think we're going to build some crazy ass muscle. <laughs> we think we're going to be like, you know, getting kidney problems or I don't know what. But you know what? It's all bullshit. Protein is the king of the macronutrients. It's one of the most important things that you need to get into your your skull, okay? Get it in there. Why? And I'm going to speak about the two reasons. Number one, it helps you, like I said earlier, to eat less without feeling so hungry. It Research consistently shows that protein helps you feel fuller longer. And as a result, you will consume less calories, overall and as a result you will lose weight but that's in part because it takes longer for the body to break it down to digest this protein than carbs or fats like i said earlier with my example when i was a vegan i was always eating carbs and every couple of hours i was always hungry why because the carbs were super fast digesting like i could eat carbs and i you know digest them quite quickly in an hour or two and then again i'm hungry Fat, fat is a little bit different. It does have a slower metabolic, um, it takes longer to digest as well, but protein takes the longest, okay? Protein stimulates the release of those satiety hormones in your gut. So when you eat protein, you naturally just eat less and it makes a huge difference. Doubling your protein intake could help you to literally just, without even realizing, consume 400 fewer less calories a day. All right. So you need to start testing the power of protein for yourself. So one day you want to start eating a little bit more protein at each meal. Focus on that one goal, just that one goal. Eat more protein at each meal. Okay. Make your snacks protein rich cottage cheese, jerky, piece of chicken, turkey roll-ups, a protein shake. Add protein powder to your oatmeal in the morning to make it more protein rich and see for yourself the difference in your hunger levels and see for yourself how you, how your body responds throughout the day. And then reason number two, the protein is the king of the macronutrients is that protein is literally the building block of our muscles 
And in order to build any muscle and in order to maintain any muscle mass, we need to keep eating that protein. And without without any adequate protein, our bodies just can't function well. Our bodies need the amino acids, which are the protein building blocks, to produce these important molecules like enzymes, hormones, neurotransmitters, and antibodies. So when you don't eat enough protein, our body just has to find it from somewhere else like our muscles where else is it going to get it from it's going to go to our muscle and that will result in muscle loss so we don't want this we don't want muscle loss we want more muscle mass the more lean muscle mass we have on our body the higher metabolic rate we have the more calories we burn on a day-to-day basis and not to mention the leaner we look the the stronger we are, our bone density is better. So we need muscle mass, very, very important, okay? So the right amount of protein for each person will vary on a number of factors, like age, gender, goals, what you're looking to achieve, okay? But if you're interested in packing muscle on um, for, let's say, a bodybuilding uh, competition, you might want to aim for like 50 grams of protein or about two palm-sized protein servings at every meal. And that is if you're looking to, you know, really pack on the muscle. If you're looking to just lose fat, maybe one serving or 20 to 30 grams of protein per meal is just enough to get those servings of protein um, per, per day. So if you're looking to get your own personal macronutrient calculations and you really, really want some help with this, just send me a DM on Instagram at Alessia D Coaching, or you can get the link in the description of the show notes and you can send me a message and I will help you set this up for you. All right. So principle number three of good nutrition, and this is probably my favorite one, is The more food is processed, the less nutrients it will contain. So I'm all about eating whole foods, minimally processed uh, foods that are as close to nature as possible. This is basically, this is how I learned nutrition. I am very much on the you know wavelength that holistic nutrition and really working on living as close to nature as possible we want to eat as much whole foods as possible why because they contain a vast number of vitamins minerals phytonutrients and um, zoo nutrients which are animal nutrients um, really important um, bioavailable nutrition that processed foods just don't contain and I get it. Like, it's not that I'm perfect, okay? I don't sit here and harp on about clean eating or how you need to buy everything organic. No, no, no. I'm not talking about that. What I'm talking about here is to just focus on 80% of your diet to be as much as possible focused on real foods, foods like meat, fish, eggs, nuts, seeds, plants, uh, vegetables, fruit, and a few grains if you can tolerate them and if you don't have any gut issues. Now, this is just how I truly believe we should be eating as close to nature as possible. I mean, obviously there are some 
you know, exceptions with processing things, certain, certain things like, you know, rice is a processed food. Yes. By the way, it's a processed food. Most grains are processed. Um, then there's also things like, you know, um, sauces or, um, protein powder, you know, things like that, right? These are essentially, they are processed foods and, it's okay if we consume them once in a while, but they shouldn't really make up the entirety of your diet. They shouldn't make up 80% of your diet and 20% of healthy whole foods. No, no, no. We need to turn that around, right? And that's when it brings me to being flexible and having this flexible uh, diet is to have that 80-20 mindset, right? So focus on as much as you can eating really real whole foods that are high in nutritional value. Because let's face it, the ones that are processed have less fiber, they have less nutrition, they have less vitamins, they have less minerals. They also tend to have more added sugars, added sodium, fillers, random ingredients that you don't really need, refined starches, unhealthy oils, things that you don't really want in your body. And if you continue to eat them on a regular basis, you're going to start to feel lethargic. You're going to start to feel like mm, a bit sluggish. You're going to, you know, really not see those results that you want. And you might even start getting acne or hormonal imbalances or most importantly, a lot of gut problems. Yeah, a lot of issues with your digestion. So Focus on real unprocessed foods and believe me, you won't really go wrong, okay? And for the most part, your body actually absorbs calories from non-processed foods, whole foods, in a better way than it does from processed foods. So when we, I mean, I don't know if you've heard this, um, but you have heard a lot of talk, especially in the last couple of years, that meat is bad for you, right? That you shouldn't eat, consume red meat. And most of the time, people that talk about this are either vegans because they have a obviously ethical agenda, but you also have those, you know, vegans or plant-based people or, you know, those, I call them diet zealots um, that use diet like a religion, Um, that say this and they usually use the example of like burgers and fries versus a steak and like how you just you should not eat red meat and it's bad for you but if you look at like the real source of red meat in a burger and or a burger meal and fries there's like the tiniest patty there versus everything else the bread the oils the fries the cheese that's usually processed So you can't really blame the meat. You have to look at everything else. Plus, you know, you wash it down with a Diet Coke, then you know, it's not the meat. It's everything else that's affecting it, okay? But versus a steak dinner with some steamed broccoli and some maybe brown rice or some, you know, potatoes, that is going to be metabolized by your body completely differently, okay? Your body is going to metabolize it very, very differently. So we need to look at that. You know, we need to look at how processed food is metabolized and how the calories from processed foods are actually higher and more um, and, and absorbed way more 
than the calories that we get from whole foods. So principle number three, just focus on eating as much whole foods as you possibly can, and that will result in good nutrition. All right, guys. So let's look at principle number four. Fruits and veggies reduce your disease risk, and they also may help you lose weight as well. Now, I can probably give you another episode on this because, you know, my, with my history of the vegan diet and being very much stuck in that ideology, and then obviously that, I, that diet not working out for me, bringing my IBS back, I, you know, I kind of went like from one spectrum to the other two years ago where I decided that all fruits and vegetables were evil <laughs> because they were giving me problems. But I didn't realize that it wasn't the actual fruits and vegetables that were the problem. It was my gut and how I had completely destroyed it by eating lots of grains and lots of um, processed you know, soy and all of those things that weren't working for me as a vegan. But listen up, guys. There's nothing wrong with fruits and vegetables, okay? There's a huge, huge push right now for the carnivore diet. And there, while I don't have anything against the carnivore diet, I do believe that fruits and vegetables are still part of a healthy whole food diet. We still need to have them in our diet. We still need to include them. Now, if you do struggle with certain fruits and vegetables, they give you gas or they give you issues, then figure it out and don't eat those foods. But overall, there's nothing wrong with fruits and vegetables, and they have to be part of your diet. They are high in nutrition. They are high in phytonutrients. They are high in vitamins, minerals, and we just need to have them. Let's not pretend that they are not beneficial because they are. They are beneficial. They contain fiber. They contain antioxidants, vitamins, minerals, fiber, phytonutrients. But with a little disclaimer here, don't think that they are the only thing you should be eating because meat is bad for you. Animal foods are going to give you cancer. No, 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 no. We're not talking about that right now. We are looking at the benefits of fruits and vegetables in a very well-rounded, balanced diet that includes animal foods because animal foods are very, very important part of the, uh, of the human diet. They contain, um, they contain bioavailable protein that is complete and that is way better absorbed than plant protein. And they also contain lots of different vitamins and minerals that aren't you know, present in fruits and vegetables. Um, so don't go all vegan on me right now and don't go all fruitarian on me. Um, so think about that balance that we need that's really going to make the biggest difference in your overall um, health. And then finally, the last principle of good nutrition. And this is actually a little bit, you know, I would say, um, 
doesn't really affect you as it doesn't really kind of focus on as much the food but it's looking at sleep and how sleep affects what you eat and also of course your overall health but sleep is such a you know one of those things that people just forget okay that it's it's part of a really important puzzle of your health and you really really need to pay attention to it so if you sleep five or six hours when or maybe less when you really need seven or eight minimum, you're keeping your body in a chronically sleep deprived state and it's impairing your body's ability to regulate several key hormones that I'm going to talk about right now. And that is ghrelin, which is the, the hormone that triggers hunger and your leptin, which is the hormone that tri- um, triggers satiety or makes you feel full. And these two hormones are so crucial because when you don't sleep or you don't get enough sleep your ghrelin level rises therefore triggering hunger and your leptin level falls therefore you are taking longer to feel full so if you are stuck in that cycle of lack of sleep you will always reach for the cookie jar or you're always going to be stuck with cravings and really struggling with your weight because your ghrelin and leptin is completely out of whack. So get your sleep on track, fix your sleep cycle, because also when you're tired, you also don't exercise, you move less, you sit more, you tend if you stand if if you tend to stay awake a lot you tend to go to the kitchen later and start snacking and bottom line you're you know if you're sleep deprived you will eat more calories overall okay so this is important so what does this mean for you all of us generally are living in a world where it's pretty difficult to switch off okay switching off getting those hours making sure you're going to bed waking up at a good time you know, our body clock is kind of screwed up. Let's just face it. So we need to kind of, you know, hack our sleep. We need to find ways that we can actually sleep better and um, wind down, stress less, which is in turn going to help us sleep better anyway. And that is going to give that, you know, internal appetite regulation, which is the biggest most important thing when it comes to weight loss because if you're looking to lose weight and your appetite is completely out of whack because of your hormones you know at the end of the day calorie counting is going to be really tough it's going to be really tough you know working on sticking to your calorie goals um, because your appetite and your satiety is just completely off balance So we need to work on really the basics. You know, that is really important, that internal appetite regulation. And this is what I do with my in um, my one on one coaching is that we don't start straight away into counting calories. No, 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 no. We will work on the most important thing, which is internal appetite regulation, getting your hormones to work properly first. And sleep is a very big part of that. All right. So. Let's do a quick recap because I know this might have been quite a bit, okay? But let's look at those five principles that are really important for um for your overall health and really for just good nutrition that is going to 
get you off the diet roller coaster and finally get you on a balanced diet and a, a, a way of eating that is stress-free, that doesn't involve crazy diets and that will you know, allow for food freedom, okay, and a better relationship with food. So the first principle was we talked about calories in versus calories out is the name of the game when it comes to weight loss or weight gain, okay? Calories, energy balance, super duper important, number one. Number two, we talked about protein. Protein is the most important macronutrient. We need it in our diet. If not, it's the literally the most important macronutrient that you need if you want to lose weight. Number three, we talked about eating more whole foods because as food processing increases, nutrient uh, nutrient density decreases. And if we want a body that is functioning, highly functioning with high energy levels, with better performance at the gym and better mood, better brain, better gut health, all of these things are affected if we eat whole foods versus, you know, eating too many processed foods. Number four, we talked about how we need to eat more fruits and vegetables. Yes, it's important. No, you don't need to go vegan. You don't need to limit anything. You just need to increase more fruits and vegetables into your diet because of that high volume, right? High volume, low calories. And of course, all the amazing things like phytonutrients, fiber, minerals, vitamins, antioxidants, you name it along with animal foods, okay? That is going to help you with your nutrition. And finally, the last one we talked about, sleep, right? Sleep being that last principle that affects what you eat because sleep will affect your hormones. Ghrelin, which is triggering hunger, and leptin, which will, um, which is the hormone that keeps you full. And if we don't have those hormones being in balance, that is gonna affect what you choose to eat how much you choose to move, and therefore your overall health goals. So those are the five principles that you need to know if you want good nutrition. And they're the only principles that matter, let's be honest. And if you need help putting these principles into place, because you need strategies, right? The strategies that come to put these into place I can help you do that within my coaching program, Body Balance. So if you want to finally stop dieting, you want to experience food freedom, you want to build that amazing relationship with food where you stop being afraid of every mouthful and you stop going on and off diets, you know, and you want to start feeling confident in your body, you want to build that lean muscle that will be giving you that toned, sexy look that you're looking for and you want to build strength and you want to stop, you know, being on this hamster wheel of, you know, exercising just for weight loss. But now you want to actually exercise for health and for better longevity and for a better relationship with food. All of these things work together. If you're looking to do this, but you need the help of a guide, I'm here for you. I'm going to guide you in my program, Body by Less. So I'm going to put the link in the description. If you're interested, you can go and check the program out and we can talk further. And I have 
you know, I, I love coming onto the podcast and I have so much that I could probably continue talking about, but I don't want to make this podcast like three hours. So with that, I'm going to close this week's podcast. And if you have any ideas or anything that you'd want me to talk about, please let me know. If you have any questions that you'd like to be made into a podcast episode, please just send me a message on Instagram or send me an email. All the links how to get into contact with me will be in the show notes of my podcast. I am so grateful that you came in and you listened in and I cannot wait to chat to you next in the next episode. All right, guys, have a fantastic week and don't forget that Your health is in your hands and you have the choice right now to make that better decision that'll get you closer to your goals. And I will be here to cheer you on and support you. I'll see you guys in the next episode. Take care.